feel like everybody's right and everybody's wrong. 100%. Why is this important? Why are we even going here? He's helped a lot of guys. He's also not had success with a lot of guys. Come in with a purpose, and they're very intentional with what they do and how they do it. From the majors to the sandlot, baseball and softball share space in one place. Welcome to the farm system. Fellas, 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 and the ladies, welcome back <laughs> to another episode of The Farm. Taylor, what's going on? Dave, if we call Nikki P, we had to call you Tay C, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I know we've, you've gone by that before, yeah, but I'm- Tay C, TC, we're TC, here for it. what other nicknames you had? T. T. TC might be too long. For yeah, 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 it's just a little sometimes. too much. Yeah, it's a little too, A little too much. I like yeah. the outfit, by the way. You, got, you, you always call got the little one-two. A little one-two punch, by the way. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's here and it's there. It's here you and it's there. You know, and, and uh, well, I think uh, first off, let's let's just give a little quick. Uh, did I even give a real intro? Did I say welcome back to the farm? Did I yeah. say that? Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Well, if I didn't, welcome back yeah. to the farm. Here we are. Um, we got that in. But yeah, we got those in. So um, first off, let's uh, let's give. Uh, I want you to share this part because this is I, I'm actually just uh, interested because you get to talk. I was, you know, we obviously had our cribs episode that we had dropped the oh, other yeah. day. So if you ain't seen the cribs episode, you need to go back and check yeah, that you need out. To go see that. Um, we also going to put it on the training page, right? Mm -hmm. So we're gonna put it on the training page. So if you haven't seen it on social media and you don't want to dig for it, go check it out on our training page inside the link in the bio. Whatever <laughs> social media you cover us on, you go check that out. Y'all, he's so crazy. You ain't got to dig for it because I pinned it to the top of the profile. Oh. You're welcome. Oh well, eh, all right. Well, you guys are good then. And then, um, speaking of that, yeah, I should do that too. That's smart. Mm -hmm. You're smart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a little thing. And then, um, yeah, but also um, in-house with our in-house training and also to uh, some of our clients that are you have went off to college and they're coming back for summer um, or any of those things too, um, we have changed the... Uh, we have changed the in-house, how we're actually training. So I kind of wanted to touch that because I know you've gotten to talk to a lot of parents that have gotten to be on the other side of that. So uh, why don't you kind of just uh, touch on like what we're doing now and like what that, you know, has looked like um, and how people have responded from that. Cause I think that's like a big, a big thing that I think is, and I'll go into the, the piece of like training, why I feel like it's so significant and maybe really help coaches and then also to really help private facilities and things too as well and or just get ideas uh, if you are a coach um, ideas on why we do it that way in-house and why we get results that way so anyways yeah go ahead and kind of open that piece up of what we changed in-house yeah so essentially the the structure that we've now adopted um, is awesome everybody's been enjoying it raving about it so before we're athletes had you know a day that they could come a day they could come for groups or two if or they, two what, not what plan yeah. they were on up to three yeah for sure we also had some superheroes that did pay multiple days and also had privates and oh, all those yeah. other things were going oh, yeah. in people love a little yes. group and a little private yeah yeah i get it I, I'm, I agree with that that's I'm smart for it yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but uh so now essentially what they can do is come anytime between 3 p.m and 8 p.m uh monday through thursday and come and get their work in so you know obviously you and i are very familiar with this structure since we yeah. grew up in, in cages and a facility yeah. um, but having that community and having the people around you mm -hmm. and being able to not only come in have the freedom to work somewhat at your own pace but also have a team behind you mm -hmm. there as a guide your yeah. programming is up on a tv you can yeah. look at it however mm -hmm. a lot of our high school guys are responsible enough mm -hmm. they know um, what they're doing and it's cool to see them be responsible and come in mm -hmm. Like little gentlemen and, and, it's and more start like getting their work in. Yes. For sure. It's more community. And also, before we move on, please, can you not strike 
my fake plant next to you. You hit it with a karate chop, right? To, right to the side of the fake plant, and that's my favorite fake plant. So if you could Watch be out. be careful, my favorite. Anyways, back Listen. to back to the thing. I just saw you hit a karate chop, and I had to stick up for my plant. We got we got a rule. First of all, there's no fake plants allowed, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> okay. 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 Back to where no I fake was. plants. Talk about biblical the drop right there. Yeah, by the way, anyways, welcome. go ahead. Proceed. Mm -hmm. Proceed. Yeah, proceed. Small things. Proceed. Uh, but yeah, no. For me, you know, I've been trying to take some time, and at the end of the day, to sit uh, in the workspace where mm. the athletes, you know, where we have everybody, uh, you know, be working out and mm. getting their stuff in. Uh, if you watch that uh, tour video, you'll know what I'm talking about. There's yeah. separate spaces. Yeah, um, we keep a gangsta up in here. That's you know right. That's a. That's anyway, right. you also won't understand that unless you watch it. So go ahead and you know <laughs> look at that nugget. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but um, it's nice to sit out there and just observe everybody working cohesively. It's nice to see our coordinators running the room, running the players, you know, allowing the players to navigate these different different prep work, different drills, new things, new tools, um, our brand new strength and uh, conditioning space over here, everything that we have you know, moving out there, it's it's so awesome to see just the room running itself, people working together, the older boys being role models for the younger boys, the younger boys, uh, you know, coming in like they know what they're doing. Um, I would argue half of our 10-year-olds, or probably all of our 10-year-olds come in like little professionals, um, sometimes, uh, you know, a little bit, a little bit more mature than our older guys. But uh, it's, it's been really awesome to see, and everybody's been loving this new structure. Um, and then, of course, you know, we left Fridays for, you know, privates and evals. Um, and then, of course, before, prior to 3 p.m. is, uh, you know, where we get to do cool things like this, like a podcast, get our content out for you guys, be able to share resources, and, uh, of course, stack in those privates because everybody loves a little private group combo. Yeah, and that's, um, the, again, on the same side of that, the difference between, obviously, group and private and again, martial arts side that's like normal where you have your group classes and you have everybody together because it is uh, there's a big piece first off uh, you can't spar by yourself for start sure. one so you you need somebody with you and then um also um for martial arts you also will when you're doing the sparring or you're doing group training you also get to see a whole bunch of different looks mm -hmm. different people that fight in different ways and they all teach you something slightly different um kind of same way when you get cohesive when you have all the players coming in you might have again because it's an open structure where you might have uh, you know, a 10 year old with a 18 year old, mm -hmm. right? Um, there's so much uh, interaction between the two and like so many different tips and it kind of builds that cohesion um, in house with our clients where they get to work with each other. Um, and you know, you learn so much. I, I know it's like, it's like usually if you look at families that have two athletes in the family, usually mm -hmm. this youngest one is usually better because uh, it <laughs> constantly has to grow up um, going against their older brothers, things like that as well. Uh, the same thing too is like when they get to come in here, like we have the young guys competing against 18 year olds. And mm -hmm. again, people are actually really shocked, but, um, even instructors in house, like, uh, Nikki P and, and also, uh, Cody was saying that is like how we have some of our young guys like, Oh, I want to hit off the machine too. I want to hit that slider, hit the curveball. And because they have like nothing to lose and also they've, they're seeing success in front of them. It gives them so much confidence to go and actually try and compete there and build, obviously when you're hitting that and then you get back in the game it builds so much confidence too it's like hey i was doing better than that 15 year old that was in there and i'm 12 or mm -hmm. whatever right um and it's fun they get to compete and and then you know we get to uh, mess with them too and it's like man you can't let the 12 year old beat you man come on now and um uh, yeah so that becomes really uh fun as well and then i don't uh you might have mentioned it if not did you mention the strength side too uh, just a little okay just a little, just a little thing yes a little piece so so then we also have um, obviously, uh, the strength side, right? So, 
the strength side is going into next month. Uh, we'll also be programming from the strength side of things. Um, if you know and you follow us on social media, and you know I talk about this a ton, is how people uh, strength train dramatically affects how they move and dramatically affects specifically to their technique and all the thing that comes into that as well. And so, um, you know, we, it's always been a goal for us to move everything in house and be like a one-stop shop for all things. Um, I've had the opportunity multiple times uh, within the company's history to hire uh, pitching guys, the hire, uh, you know, again, let's say infill guy, catching guy, a strength guy, all those different things. Um, and I've actually been, uh, cause people ask me all the time, like, why don't you guys just do pitching? Why don't you guys do strength too? Right. And, um, I'm very deliberate, um, with, I feel like we've, uh, produced at such a very high level from hitting side. Like I'm not going to, uh, just throw some, hire some random pitching guy just to say we have pitching. I'm not going to go and hire some random strength guy just to say that we do strength. It was like, we, if we don't can do it the right way, then I'm not going to do it. And so um, I'm very particular with, with that. And so we've been very slow to pull certain levers uh, because I, you know, again, I want, the result that can it should mean something when you come and hit at the farm you know you know uh what that represents and again it should be the same way from the strength side and should be the same way if we had pitching it should be the same way if we had catching if we should be the same way if we do all of those different things that we do in house is i want to you know it to be at a very high level um the other part with that as well is um now that we'll be doing that like you mentioned with it being um up on uh, the wall we actually again also got our after our break-in we've got our uh our tvs back installed not only every time you know god deliver right like we we had two tvs right we had one tv then we had two tvs yeah. right and then now we got the three tvs out there now that yeah. are doing that we also in here as well uh since we opened up you know our hours more and gave that spread um giving building also that environment and that community where we have the in-house um, players can come in here and spend some time, you know, a, a back again, I've been a part of a lot of different facilities and things like that as well, where, you know, the players are in here and again, me and you did this, right. We're mm -hmm. in the Academy, we're doing our homework or yeah. we'd get there after school or we'd get there after practice. I'd be yeah. coming in in full uniform, ready to go. Mm -hmm. And so we got to create, we created some environments in here too, where there's, uh, you know, places where they can, again, in between maybe their strength training or hitting, or again, maybe they're going to hit later on and they're going to play some, you know, they're going to be here for the next five hours. They don't need to be constantly training the whole time. And this becomes like a second home for them. Right. Um, you know, areas where they can, you know, play and will be the show against each other, you know, you know, multiple TVs and like a player lounge uh, type area where they can just hang out, eat food, you know, all those different things as well. Um, do their homework, you know, all that stuff and, and really enjoy their time that's here and also make this um, like you mentioned instead of a single day, right, there's four days that they can now come in where some of them have been taking advantage of that immediately, right? Oh, it was yeah. like, okay, I'm coming every day, oh, right? Yeah. Um, and then I know uh, during summer, that's been some of the feedback too, right, is uh, been some of that. Uh, yeah, what's been your, um, yeah, because people were saying like during the summer, I'm going to have more mm -hmm. time, um, you know, all these yep. things, like I can't wait to take advantage of those things as well. And my goal, right, would be for us, obviously we need to expand, staff is going to have to do those things, we have to train people up, all this stuff. But my goal would be we're seven days a week, right, and that there's, Again, there's always, there's never a day where, again, that you can guys, uh, there's always a time period where people can come in and, again, that they can train. Um, if that's the weekend, all those things, and, uh, you know, we'll grow to there. Um, but um, I know that we've been, uh, that's been a big piece where people have been doing quite a bit of, like, referrals, right, which been mm -hmm. telling, you know, other people to come and train. So what has kind of been the feedback there just from a, a parent perspective of why maybe if the facility owner is listening, like, okay, well, why would I do that? Instead of just doing lessons, like, what is the parents' kind of responses of why it's been so helpful for them or useful uh, from that side or why they find so much value in it? Sure. Well, we have a, a fair amount of athletes, you know, young and older that are homeschooled. So yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of them have a lot more freedom in their schedule before sure. these, you know, later in the evening practice yep. times, games. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, you know, something else that not only just uh, occupies their time, but also keeps them productive, right? Mm -hmm. They 
finish their you know homeschool schedule earlier in the afternoon then they can come here and start getting their work in before their other team practice before their evening game um and that also you know again we're we've talked a lot about in previous episodes but that college readiness and Mm. preparing athletes to play at an elite level yeah yeah. you and i both know we all know like to play at an elite level you have to have elite behavior and and that comes with putting hours in putting time in and learning responsibilities and that as you might call it that dog behavior that Mm. dog mentality where look i've got things i have to get done that includes my schoolwork yeah because student athlete student comes Mm. before athlete always Mm. I want to get my homework done. I want to do it mm. in the place where I'm also going to get my workout in yeah. and where I'm also going to hit at. And then yeah. if I want to watch some baseball afterwards on the TV and the players yeah. on after and kick it and decompress, yeah. Yeah. I can do or, that all in one or, place. Or wait for my, you know, again, my dad gets yeah. off work at this time. At this whatever, time, right? I like, okay, out. I trained and did my homework, and now I'm hanging mm-hmm. out watching the MLB game until my dad gets here, right, or whatever yeah. to pick me up. Um, sure. So it creates that environment. Because I know for me, again, I didn't always, a lot of, especially our younger athletes, they don't have transportation. Well, you know, like mm-hmm. one of our freshmen like, man, it's... If um, if I just uh, I you know I could get here and you know I just need to ride there right, but now it takes that away where it's like hey again if you can get here early um again you can stay and again make it an environment that you want to stay at that you want to hang out with and, and you know I'm really about uh, creating an environment that guys want to hang out with and spend a lot of time there and also too even for us in house right like uh, some guy just DM me the other day and he was like man like if I was there like I wouldn't want to leave like you know again mm-hmm. that place is th- and it's like well that's the environment we want to create right where it's right. like you can't get enough of you know being around and so like you know if you're a business owner. Um, if you're also too, how does this go over to if you were uh, a coach on the field, right? Like, why, okay, what is that? How's that all this stuff translate? Is the same way as you should be training, uh, creating environments. Like, for example, if that's your training facility, let's, let's say you have an indoor. Some of, some guys are blessed to have an indoor. Great, you should create an environment that guys want to spend time mm-hmm. uh, there to do. And again, along with it, like, there's ways of doing it. Like, for again, I, I know some people are like, oh, well, you do a private facility, you guys have different funding, X, Y, and Z. Like, l- look, it's the same way. Like, it, it, when I was. Uh, high school baseball coach we were doing the same thing we're finding ways again if that's individual parents we're, if that's uh mm-hmm. fundraising if that's candy bars if that's all these other things is creating and, and you slowly build things over time when we first moved in this building that's like a cribs episode we first moved in this building when we were training people it did not look like this right and we slowly added more things over time to create that environment we didn't have a ping pong table we didn't have multiple TVs you know all over the uh, all over the place and out there in that area we didn't have you know the gym area we didn't have all these things for the uh, everybody to do we built these things and we added over time and you should be adding to your environment for example mm-hmm. when LSU first opened it didn't look like LSU now they've built things over time to build all of these things and they slowly added more and more things and then they finally like you know uh got an indoor then they finally did all these other things right but you slowly have to build it over time so instead of getting that mindset of going oh well we can't afford that it's you know how can we afford that mm-hmm. is changing that mindset and then two on top of that as well is it's always also starts with uh environment is also not just set with buying things but also to the type of culture you go in right for example dramatically how much it can affect your indoor or your practices or all those things. You know how many people too like run a practice and just don't have music? Mm-hmm. Music is a game changer. I remember when I got to college and I finally could have music at practice. Oh man, it was such a big deal. Now you can go right now. Again, there's no reason. Again, as a coach, like again, you can find a way, fundraise, all these things. Go buy a $120 speaker, whatever, mm-hmm. and put one out just like we do inside of our facility and playing music. And that's a one way of creating environment. Obviously how, you know, when you get into 
uh, the place too, as well as like how, um, you know, your coaching staff, the energy that they have, you showing up and having all that energy that also sets the environment, right? You want to create a place where people enjoy getting work in, mm -hmm. right? It's already hard enough to push your body to the limit. It's already hard enough mentally. You had a long day, all those things. The last thing you want to do is have an environment where you come in and everybody's dragging, you know, the, the energy's down in the building, all of those things as well. You should feel the energy of your training environment when you walk in. It, it should feel different. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that's, you know, big as well. And also, too, how great it is for uh, youth athletes uh, for, you know, in that same setting, right? And, again, maybe you have an organization or a high school that has feeder teams. Maybe you're a college that, again, has recruits coming in, and they're just, you know, again, they're taking their official visits or whatever that might be. Um, that interaction um, as well is with the, you know, older community is, um, you know, the, the, your youth athletes, when they spend time with older athletes, um, one, they start getting comfortable being around older athletes. Well, guess what? When they go to high school, they're a freshman. They're competing against seniors. When you go to college, you're a freshman and you're competing against seniors again, right? And then also, too, it's a big deal. You get to college and you're 17, 18, 19 years old. You might be competing, and especially if you're playing like NAIA or, again, the guy just started his clock late or whatever. You might be competing against a guy that's 24 or older in certain cases. I've seen some crazy cases, right? right. So if you're not used to having older people around and being able to like, you know, that cohesion between the two, it builds that, again, that confidence in that setting where they're going to have to do that uh, throughout their lives and they're going to have to um, learn how to compete there. So it, it, it's really good for youth athletes to kind of get in that environment. And I think one thing that I try to set uh, more than anything is one of the uh, things that it's more important than anything we, we train, like any of the techniques, any of those other things is just teaching athletes how to train. Right. And so one of the things uh, I had a coach reach out to me the other day, um, I played college ball with them and he was like, man, like this um, one of the kids like on our team, um, he didn't know at the time that he trained with us. And he was like, man, he's just so intentional with how he trains. Right. And it's like, yeah, not only is that kid's personality that way, but at the mm -hmm. same time, when he started training with us, right, at, and at one point it was just, you know, brute force, brute strength, brute speed, everything as hard and fast as I could. Now, also, too, he's so focused on technique. It's not that he isn't moving, you know, just moving slow or he's not running, you know, and in, 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 intent in those ways, but he's intentional, right, about how he's training, what he's working on. If he's working on max out right now, whatever that might be, if it's, you know, weight room, sprinting, whatever those things are, okay, well, he's intentional about that. And then if it's technique folks, well, he's, he's, in he's intentional about that. So one thing I also like to do from an environment is just teaching people how to work, right, and how to train uh, so that when they're not with us, they can take those same things not only into baseball but also into their lives and being intentional about how they're growing um, and developing themselves. Um, and I know that that's obviously for me and you, that's one of the ways that we've always really connected is like, you know, again, like what does it look like? Like, again, for example, like mm -hmm. when's the last time someone checked in on you, Taylor, and was like, have you been reading? It's like, mm -hmm. you know, you're an adult, right? Like, like it, your development, all those things, you don't, if you have to have somebody constantly keeping you accountable to those other things, right? Or making sure that you're developing rather than that being just a desire of mine. Now it's like, man, if I don't grow, I really feel it. It feels like stagnant water and it feels poisonous. Mm -hmm. Like I need to move. I need things to happen. And so, but again, those were developed, you know, you've been journaling for ever. Yeah. <laughs> really long time. Right. And that's yeah. just a ha habitual thing now. Right? right. It feels weird when you don't. Mm -hmm. Right. Same thing. Like, um, I've been reading for a good portion of my life. Now, don't get me wrong. You, you, you met me when I wasn't. Right. Okay. Uh, it became a thing dramatically like mm -hmm. uh, my I would say I dramatically started reading when I got into college and I've far more read way more since I've been out of college than I mm -hmm. ever did when I was oh, actually yeah. in college. Yeah, um, 
especially because I was reading about a whole bunch of subjects that I didn't care about and or somebody was forcing me to do it, not things that I was passionate about at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's one thing as well is like it gets overlooked a lot, but it's a massive part where it's like, okay, it's, you could apply that same uh, foundation to so many different areas with different techniques and so many different places. And I think that becomes with it. It's like, you know, again, if you want to get better at Spanish, if you want to get better at um, uh, ballet, if you want to get better at, they want to get golf, better at golf late in their career. A lot of baseball players do that, right? Like all of these things, you can take that same foundation and move it over. If you want to get better at anatomy, biomechanics, all these things, well, like all of the techniques that come into like being intentional with how you're spending your time, how you're prioritizing, all these other things as well, um, you can take those same techniques and those skills that we're teaching mm -hmm. that maybe are soft skills, I guess you could maybe say there, um, that they can apply over in other areas of their life. And that's like an environment and a different type of training that people overlook constantly is like the bigger picture of what's being developed, let alone the techniques that they might be learning at this point um, in their sure. life too, you know? Well, and I think, so one, when you were, you know, talking about the journaling and the reading is, so it just reminded me of one of the days in here, we had one of our professional athletes watching you train another professional athlete yeah. and he was taking notes, Yeah. which even our, you know, a lot of our other players also take notes and, mm. but not everyone does. For sure. And I've noticed a lot of, it's harder to get some of the younger guys to take notes and bring a journal, even, yep. you know, bring a pencil. Mm. Um, but, you know, we have a lot of, also we have a lot of softball players in here and yep. they, you know, religiously take notes. Yep. Um, but it was funny because one time a, one of our younger guys came in and he said, why is he sitting back there writing? Mm. And I was like, well, he's taking notes. And he was like, oh, well, I'm gonna do that. Can mm. I bring my, my tablet? And I was like, you can bring whatever you want yeah. and take notes. Notes, your phone, like, whatever. Yeah, like no you can take notes on whatever you want. But yeah. I don't know what it is about yeah. younger athletes not yeah. wanting to take notes. But yeah. if you well, can I start that, start it. Yeah, I was going to say, I think one of the big things that becomes there is, and again, um, also a great note there is from um, a coaching standpoint. For example, why do you take notes in school? Well, because I'm going to get quizzed on it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to need that information. So right. if I think I'm not going to need that information or if I'm getting spoon fed that information every time I come in, that's why like even in the very beginning when I like, let's say we go to hit heavy balls and I'm like, hey, there's three things you're going to need to remember. And I'm telling you now, I'm going to yeah. quiz you on it. Listen, so you he'll ask you, he'll ask you gonna, almost every time, if not you. 17 times I've heard it. Yeah, 100 percent. So I'm going to quiz you on it. Right. So then that becomes that other part where I'm going to say, hey, what are the three things of heavy balls? Mm -hmm. What are the things, you know, what are this? What is that? What is that? And so I'm making sure you're retaining information. Right. So as a teacher, right, which is what a coach is, as a mm -hmm. teacher, I have to make sure it's not what I, it's not what I'm talking about. It's not what it, it you want to make sure that they're learning, mm -hmm. right? Yes. So you can be preaching, Right. But are they retaining? Mm -hmm. Are they actually consuming? And when they're not there, are they going to take that in? So me quizzing them is, hey, OK, so what just happened right there? Yep. Right. Like I had an athlete. I did this. Uh, um, I was hitting actually with um, uh, Lombardo's kid um, out in Oregon. I was hitting. Uh, she has a son um, that plays baseball. Right. And so we went to hit and he's a kid that's a pretty good athlete, but he doesn't have a lot of awareness of his body. Right. And he's a long, lanky kid, grew like a foot in the last year. And also, too, he doesn't train with us. Mm -hmm. Right. He's just the first time I ever just hit with him. Right. And so we go to hit and he, he swung there. And, and in the very beginning, I always talk about this was like skill acquisition wise is I bring up to him like, hey, this is what you did. This is what it looks like on video mm -hmm. here. I show you all the things. Right. But then 20 minutes later, I asked him, he hits a ball and I'm like, what'd you feel there? Uh, I don't know. I didn't really feel anything. Okay. Well, on this next one, I want you to be mindful 
because I'm going to ask you what you felt. Then all of a sudden he takes two more swings. Hey, what'd you feel there? Mm -hmm. Oh, I felt this, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Maybe he was right. Yep. I agree. Blah, 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 blah. Now the next two swings. Hey, what'd you feel there? Oh, I felt this. I thought that was pretty good. Well, maybe I didn't think it was very good. So then I go and show him on video. Is this what you want it to be? Mm -hmm. Oh, no, that actually wasn't really good. Okay, good. So now we're building awareness, right? So then I start quizzing him, right? And I'm making sure he's being intentional because when he's in the box and then I reiterate it, why am I be being so big on this, right? When you're in the box, are you going to have me? Are you going to have video? Are you going to have data? Are you going to have all these other things? Now, again, when you're training, you might have data, you might have video, you might have those other things, but you know what you probably won't have, and I know you won't have, is me consistently. Mm -hmm. So I gotta, I gotta need you as a leader, right, as a teacher, um, as a coach, my job is to make you not need me. Right. That's the goal, right? So I'm training you as if I'm gonna be gone tomorrow, and in his situation, I was gonna be gone tomorrow. So I'm like, you gotta get used to me not being here, right? And this is how you have to go about training and building these habits in your, in your thing. But again, along with what you're saying is, I think is like learning that skill is like, hey, you're gonna need this. Mm -hmm. And like, for example, let's say it's, uh, you know what I got saved in my phone? Every gate code for all of my friends that I go see consistently. <laughs> my family, I got everybody's gate codes in my phone. You know why I put it in there? Because I need it, mm -hmm. right? And when I pull up to the house, instead of me going, hey, what's your gate code again? Yep. I have everybody's gate codes mm -hmm. inside, inside my phone, right? So I write that down and take notes because I'm gonna need it later. And also like you're mentioning, Another reason, and again, it's a learning technique, is even if we never look at the notes ever again, just writing the act of writing it down, your brain retains it better. Yes. So it's just an act as well as just recapping what we talked about. And again, I would say this with like Nikki P constantly is when we're, I'm talking about something, she'll start taking notes on her phone or she'll start writing things down. And then, um, you know, again, she'll even tell me, she's like, hey, I'm paying attention. Like I'm just writing it down what you're saying. She's taking notes in her phone rather than handwriting them. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, and because this has been backed by science, uh, typing and writing are different processes in your brain, and your brain, by the studies that have come out, retain better when you physically write. Mm -hmm. So I did a hybrid in between, but my problem was is then I hand notes, and then uh, the binder gets lost, or mm -hmm. all, you know, all these things that could happen with it. Oh, man, I, w I wish I had this in type form. This is annoying. So then what I did is when I got a big iPad, that I could handwrite notes on and then I can literally tap it, hold it, and then it turns it into text, mm -hmm. right? And then now I can use it and put it inside a drive or whatever I want to, you know, notes or whatever I want to reference right. later on. So I found a hybrid between the two. I, I do need to physically write because it helps me retain information better. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I can't just highlight in a book and not take any notes. I can't right. just type it because I still won't retain it the same, um, especially with like, fast swiping or like you could just mm -hmm. tap things like your brain is moving too quick and like even that extra second of like hey let me write this down and like process that it gives you a chance to um you know digest it and break it down a little bit more so sure. that was like a hybrid that i also did as well so i think on the same side of that it's such a uh quality point for coaches and things as well is like hey you want your kids to be better learners mm -hmm. challenge them to be mm -hmm. right challenge them to retain right if you don't challenge them to retain they won't build those skills and they won't, again, if you want them to self-organize and like learn how to do that is start testing them on things too. Like, Hey, you know, again, what was this? What was that? Hey, you know, and, and, and building that whole process. Okay. You're struggling. Yes. Uh, last, I, I do this as I train guys, right. And it's a progression to get here, but I'll get there at one point. Hey, this is what I saw you doing in game. This is what we're going to work on today. This is the plan. I'm going to guide you right months down the road. Hey, so what were you doing in your game? 
Oh, I was pulling my hip. I was spinning my hip early. Okay, great. So what are you going to do today? What is your plan so that you could fix that and intentionally work on that? Well, I'm going to do this, this, and this. Okay, hey, these three, I 100% agree. I think that's a great idea. This one, I'm like, what was your thought process behind this one? Oh, I thought this, this, and this, and this. Maybe I'm like, well, that's a great idea, actually. I like how you broke that down. That's actually, well, let's see how that works, right? And or I might be like, you know what? Um, I see where you're going with that, but my only thoughts are this because you also have this problem. So maybe I wouldn't do this one. Let's, um, what do you think about, uh, give me another idea of something else that you could do. Oh, well, I could do stepovers instead. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Let's add those in. I think those are really good. Great idea. Let's run out that plan, right? And then now, and then, then I start doing that. Then I start going in, for example, like uh, Paul Skeens at LSU, right? He's one of the top players in the uh, United States right now for colleges. Probably going to go, you know, pretty close to <laughs> top like five picks in the draft this year. Is I started doing that with him where he would start coming in. And by the, I had him for a couple of years. So at the end of his, um, at the uh, end of his last year, senior year, he'd come in and he was just, I didn't really talk to him much. He'd come in. He'd be hitting, and then I'd, I'd either say, hey, like, this is what I'm, you know, I might mention something to him as he's going through his process, and or he'd come up to me and say, hey, I'm kind of feeling this, but, you know, well, what do you got on this, right? And, and it became very more open, and all he needed was, like, he was his own hitting coach. All he needed at that point in his career was for me to open the door, mm -hmm. right? As soon as I open the door, he's going to get his work in, and then if I need to guide, and I, I said this to a parent earlier when I was talking to him, um, there's a song that's about this, but it, again, it's a, it's a, I think it's a really good way for you to think about it as a coach. I just, I just want to be the riverbanks. Like you're the river, right? I just want to guide you. I don't want to impede you. I don't want to hold you back. I don't want to, you know, put you, make you into a lake. You're a running river. I want to let you go, but I'm just going to guide you like the riverbanks, right? I'm gonna, I don't want to hold you back. I just want to guide you to where you're going. Um, and, and, and do it that way. And so like, as a, as a coach there, like that's my goal is more to just kind of set up you know, some boundaries, but give you freedom, right? And also guide you towards where you want to go um, and never impede uh, that process. But I think that's a big point that you're saying there is like, if I want to build that in players is I have to, you know, make sure that they're retaining that information. Yeah. And it doesn't always look like a physical written test. Mm -hmm. It might be a question. It might be, yeah. it might be like I asked. Bullet points. Yeah. It might be bullet points. Maybe For you sure. write three words. And yeah. that's your that's your your cue for your cues yeah. and your cue for your feels. Yeah. You know, it doesn't need to be a novel. It yeah, can 100%. be one word. One yeah. word notes that you know. That's your cue. For sure. And yeah, thing and then also you can go and reference those. I used mm -hmm. to take notes. I had a uh, I tell you this all the time, but I had a little journal I had in my back pocket because even back then, even more now, coaches don't like when you have your phone on the field, mm -hmm. right? Get away from your phone, right? But they didn't mind if I had a little journal in my back pocket. So I got a little, you know, four inch by two and two and a half inch mm -hmm. notebook that I put in my back pocket. Right. And during practice and I'd have a pen with me, right. Or a little pencil or whatever. Um, uh, and I usually have like a little short one or whatever, right. I'd have this little pencil with me and I'd keep it in my back pocket. And so let's say if I, something coach said something, or I had a field during BP or I figured something out, or just like you still do this now. And we do the same thing is when I'm doing a workout mm -hmm. or what my routine is, I would write it down. Right. Okay. Because now what happens Two different ways. Either I look back later on because I was hitting so well during that time and I want to remember what I was working on because I might have mm -hmm. slightly shifted a cue, slightly shifted a drill, got away from doing something. Oh, man, that used to help me so much. That or mm -hmm. I look back and go, 
I haven't been having the results that I wanted and being like, oh, I think this is when I started going left, mm. right? Is because I started doing this. I started doing this. I started doing, you know, these jumps or I started doing whatever, right? Sure. And so when you monitor that and take documentation of that, then you can look back on that and again, evaluate what was actually going on rather than just purely trying to go by your memory. Um, this has been known in, um, you know, uh, if you, if you look at like uh, eyewitnesses when it comes into court, mm. um, eyewitness te testimony isn't, it, it's great for like moving a, um, it's a great way to connect with a jury, but it's not great for presenting facts mm -hmm. because people don't remember things very clearly, especially because they're remembering them from their perspective, their trauma, their life experiences. Right. Oh, he looked angry. Okay, what does that mean, mm -hmm. right? What does angry mean to you? Did he lower his eyebrows? Like, uh, was he, uh, did he make, you know, like, uh, you know, like all these things, right, that are, that are all subjective. Um, so again, along with that, um, that's why I even too, I think another way of documenting is like taking video, mm -hmm. right? And that's why we also have that as well. We can look back. I do that after every session. Jarrell knows because I usually go sit in his office and I sit there and watch video for the next, you know, hour after the person leaves, right? And they don't even know that, right? Our session's over. They leave. I go and review all the video, look at what we did and go, man, he was moving better before we did that drill. Mm -hmm. Or maybe that was too fast of a progression. I shouldn't have moved too quick. And I review my session right in my head. I favorite the, you know, my favorite swings and things like that as well and say, okay. And then I have that to show them later or, Hey, this is, I didn't really like this and this is why. And I'll show that in the next session. So I continually do that as well. Um, for myself and video is a great way. And I, I do that all the time when a guy was hitting really well, um, for example, like Jake Hager, me and him have, there was one session when me and him hit together, one of our pro guys, there was one session where he stroked, like just crushed balls, right? And it was the best he's ever felt, right? So we often will go back and reference that session and he'll say, oh yeah, it's the red shirt day, mm -hmm. right? And then we'll go back and look at the red shirt day and look at the routine that he was having and why, you know, why this felt so good and what was going on and how he was moving and blah, 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 right? And we always go and reference that where... Um, video has a really powerful way, especially because the sounds, sights, all those other things yeah. uh, that can bring back those feelings or, oh, yeah, I remember I was feeling this or I was feeling that or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. um, can be huge there. Um, so, yeah, I think that those those can be big there. Um, and then also too, going back to that that spot as well. Um, why do you think, uh, you know, I've had a lot of people uh, talking about that and are talking about that. Oh, man, I'm going to go tell this person. I want to go tell that person, all those things within that environment. Why do you think that? um parents are finding so much value um in that setup uh with how we currently have it well everybody likes more for less <laughs> <laughs> ain't that something ain't that something. everybody likes more for less yeah, yeah um but also you know i mean really you you can't beat the four days for yeah. you know this same price point yeah um and you know as we build more of the community here in the players lounge yeah. and the parents lounge and yeah. i mean even today we've got a guy coming his yep. kid's gonna train he's got to do a conference call yeah you can do that all in one place yeah you know if yep. his conference call takes two hours i know great your kid's gonna be here for two hours all as well cool yeah so you know or i know i know one of our parents comes in here and she hits her uh her show mm -hmm. she's watching her show like hey, i'm gonna watch yeah. this at the house anyways yeah great i'll watch my show while my kid trains and everything's yep. great there too and then uh, another thing that like you said is like obviously the the value um, that's brought on that same side because I, I think I don't know if we hit on that hard enough like I think you just mentioned it there was what we did is we offered like 
four times as much training mm -hmm. and added lifting for the same exact price that they were paying before for just one day and no lifting. So what did we uh, what did we do there? Why does it become an insane uh, deal as well as like what we did in house? Well, I just looked at our, our customers and I was like, okay, what is our clients dealing with, right? Okay, well, they're coming to us one day a week, right? And we're training them. But then they're also on the same note of that have to pay for a batting cage membership, right? Which they're paying XYZ so they can go. And we have a, a local facility here that everybody likes to train at. And then on top of that, too, they're paying a strength coach. So they're paying all those things together. They're not grouped. They're not coupled. And all this money, that, you know, parents and I also know they're, and then they're paying club ball. And then they're paying for this. Look, and then they're paying for the info coach. All the stuff, are right? Very expensive. Yeah. Oh. So, so that when we did that um, and brought those things together, and then also too from my side of things. So now what happens? Some of those people are cutting out their batting cage time. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't, they've got to cut back, no membership. Hey, I don't have money to do that. Or they're not getting a strength coach because of that as well. Mm -hmm. And then results wise for us, then that also hurts and then also hurts our bottom line because as well as like if we're not getting results with athletes, well, then why would you come train with us? Mm -hmm. Right. So all around, we had to take care of a lot of those issues so that we could get results with our athletes um, and they could find so much value in that that it all comes together. Right. So the, the macro view there rather than looking like micro being like, well, if they come this many days, then how are we going to do the thing? It's like, no, 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 we're highly focused on results. Mm -hmm. and, and if you're highly focused on results, you're going to have plenty of clientele. Um, and so I think that that's the other thing as well. Or, and again, let's say you're a college coach. Let's say you're a high school coach. Let's say you're all those other things. You know, your biggest recruiting things be good. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you have to develop your players. You got to recruit well, right. And you got to develop your players so that you're able to do it. There's plenty of people that can't recruit well because of the, what school they're in the middle of nowhere in Nebraska or sure. whatever. No, you know, no, no shame on Nebraska. I'm not, I don't even know if I've ever been in Nebraska. I just, that's, that's the problem. My that, point. Cody? I know Cody's going to okay. hear that. I'm sorry, code. Um, but like, um, yeah, on that same side of that, right? Like, again, I've, I've played in, in the middle of nowhere places, right? And so you got to have these selling points. And again, you got to think of it more like a business. It's like, why would somebody want to come here? What do we have over other businesses or in value that we could provide um, in it? Um, and and the last thing, I, I think you'll really like this one, is I heard this quote the other day, and you know I've been on this for a little while, is uh, I've been just uh, very anti uh, how it's preached about um, – because it made me think of this note here is uh, I've been very anti uh, what is really taught in sports, typically in society of uh, competing. And when and what I don't like is competing often is mistaken for comparison. Mm -hmm. And so and, and so they they're like, I'm not comparing. We're just competing. Right. But uh, with a quote I heard the other day that I really loved is a flower doesn't look at the other flower mm -hmm. and try to grow larger. A flower doesn't grow. look at the other flower and go, well, I got to be prettier. A flower doesn't these other things. And then people will argue on the same side of that of being like, okay, well, flowers of you know, evolution throughout time and blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. It just blooms. It does what it has to do to survive. It's not, it's not sitting here looking. It doesn't have a perspective. It doesn't have eyes. It doesn't have ears. It, doesn't, it, it just blossoms, mm -hmm. right? And I think on the same side of that is what you talk about, like competition should be with you. Mm -hmm. You should be competing with yourself of being like, Hey, what do I need to do to survive here? I shouldn't, I don't, cause what happens is when we start looking around and comparing, we do one of two things, right? We either go, wow, I'm nowhere near that. Why do I even try? You know, we get insecure about it, all those things, or two to make ourselves feel better. Mm -hmm. Right. Or I guess there's three options Two, to make ourselves feel better. We start to try to destroy other people's buildings or their, what they put in and I'm better than him and blah, 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 blah. And then the last one as well is you start to gain a sense of arrogance like, oh, why do I need to try? I'm so much better than everybody mm -hmm. and all these other things. Well, yeah, but you're also too, you've been gifted 
different than other people have been gifted. And so you have advantages that they don't have. So on the same side of that as well, you should be trying to push to your maximum potential. It, it shouldn't have anything to do with what somebody else does from that other way. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't be your best. It doesn't mean that you, you can't look around and be observant, but when you get into the, um, what's kind of preached by competitiveness, which is more so comparison and then ranking yourself of how I rank in the world with that. And I think with that as like colleges, they look at other colleges and they start to shame other colleges and go, well, if you go there, you know, you're not going to hit because it's so cold and da, 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 da. And if you do this and da, 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 all those other things, rather than looking from a place is like, what can, where do we have as value and what can we provide on the same side of that? And how great can we grow where we're currently at, where my feet currently are, um, and all those things as well. And, uh, you know, really preach from that point. And I think that's a different way of looking at, uh, competitiveness, um, is you're competing with yourself of how much better I can get, how, be how much better I can be and comparing to myself to my yesterdays, right. And how much better I need to get from there. Um, and then context to my context, sorry, Taylor, I'm on a <laughs> spiel right now, but context to my context, you also got to be careful. Sometimes people will look back in comparison, right? I actually just read this last night. Um, and the Bible was, we'll look back in comparison and go, oh, well, that part of my life was easier. So that means, you know, again, things were going better for me. I was making more money. I was all these other things. So I've gone backwards. I've regressed. I've done this, all these other things. Every moment in time is independent with different contexts, different scenarios. Yeah, yeah, you were making more money for before, but you also didn't have three kids. You also weren't divorced. You also weren't X, Y, and Z. Like all these things that are happening. Also, you might've lost your job. And also too, you might've had a job that you fell into that just happened to fall into your lap and then that company cr crumbled or whatever. And that's just not the current situation. And also too, again, like if you think of it, like if we're at war or something like that and you're a soldier, right? Just because you won a war over there with some other context because, you know, oh, oh, we were so dominant and all these other things. Well, guess what? You were on dirt and you you were on all these things. You were in the middle of the desert, all this stuff. Now you're in the mountains and it's freezing cold and there's snow and there's all these other different landscapes and you got to deal with the problem that you currently have. Mm -hmm. And so one of the perspectives that I like to give from the same spot is you got to understand, you got to understand what happened 10 minutes ago, what happened 10 years ago, what happened? What does that have to do with you right now, right? If you were to wake up right now, you didn't choose the situation, but this is the situation you're in. You got to make decisions from there. How do I get out of here? You can't go, well, I've applied at 50 places and nobody's, you know, picked up. So I'm going to, what, you're going to stop applying for jobs? Mm -hmm. Like I have to pick it up just like if today was day one, opening day, right? And it is opening day, right? Yep. But like if I go and compete, like it's opening day, like, so what, like, again, who cares if a hundred people didn't respond to me? Like, I, like who cares all that? Like I have to, like, if I drew a card out of a deck, this is the situation and I got to make moves rather than letting all the emotions and all the things come in and being, I'm not good enough. I haven't done this. I, like you're living from your past and letting that consume you, um, rather than going into a place of, Hey, like it's today. Mm -hmm. I, I can make decisions today. I can make moves today. I can do these other things and not letting my, you know, my, my past, like, guess what? We're going to get our, our teeth punched in. We're going to, these things are going to happen, but sitting where you're at currently right now and, and make moves. Right. And so, uh, when you are doing your comparison is also, you got to look at it accurately. And the, and when you're competing with yourself, it's, it's, you're competing with you today. What is my best today? What does that look like today? My best yesterday looks different than my best today. Sure. Yesterday I was fresh. I didn't have six months of me playing, you know, I'm, I'm on game one compared to game 162, right? I have to compete and give my best today. And yesterday's best might not be today's best, but I still gave my best, 
right? And I think that that's a different way of looking at it too, where people start to judge themselves in that same way. It's like, oh, I used to make more money. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was hitting 500. Oh, I was doing these things. Okay, mm -hmm. what does that have to do with you performing at your best today? Right. Um, contextually, yeah. There. No, I think it's, it's it made me think about so growing up, you know, around wrestling and boxing and MMA a lot. Um, my dad, you know, the first question I would always ask. Um, our youth wrestlers, I coached youth wrestling for quite some time, and I would ask them often, like, who's in your bracket? Mm -hmm. And on the flip side of that, my dad would always say, it doesn't matter who's in the bracket. Mm -hmm. And I used to think that was ridiculous. I'm like, no, like, I want to know who's in the bracket. I want to, mm -hmm. like, stalk them, find yeah. their, you know, eighth grade photo, like, what yeah. have they been working on? <laughs> like, I want to do all the things. Yeah. But he used to say it doesn't matter who's in the bracket mm -hmm. because exactly what you just said. Yeah. I don't actually know what they've been working on. I yeah. only know what I can find. Yeah. I don't actually know what's going on with them mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Mm -hmm. I don't know the person that's going to show up to our match that day at this time. Yeah. But I can see who they were and what they used to be. Yeah. That doesn't mean that's the person that I'm going to get that yeah. day. You're so. seeing the resume. Yes. Yeah. I'm seeing the resume. Exactly. Sure. I get the highlight reel. I can yeah. look at your highlight reel. Yeah. But what is actually going to show up that day I don't know for sure. And that's where I'm a little bit more appreciative of the doesn't matter who's in the bracket nowadays. But yeah. I think it's the same. You know, I mean, baseball seasons, you're going to yeah. see you're going to play the same team. Yeah. But you're not always going to see the up. same players. Well, and that's where Otani Otani said that um, when he was playing, um, he told the team he had, he had a talk with uh, Team Japan uh, before they came out. And he said, hey, you guys got to stop admiring these USA, these guys on the other side, because you watch them on TV and all these things like today. We need to be better f than them today. We have to play better. We have to score more runs than them today. We don't, it, it's okay. We understand that these guys might be the best in the world, X, Y, and Z, but today we just need to do enough to beat them. Mm -hmm. um, and again, they ended up, you know, coming out and doing their thing. But I think on the same side of that, it's like that having that mentality um, all the time um, and, and, and locking in on, hey, like this is what, I'm going to do today mm -hmm. and what is and where I'm focused and where my energy is going to go. And I'm going to come out and be my best, yeah. right? If I'm my best, right. And, and again, this isn't contextual, like obviously scouting reports, all these things, like they're useful, all this stuff. Sure. Right. But at the same time, you can like, like your dad was saying there is you can slip into this place of, of like, Oh, I can go easier because they're not that good mm. or they're so good. Oh, what is that? Blah, 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 blah. Right. Rather than on the same side of that, it's like, yeah, I don't mind watching some footage of them, you know, move around or do whatever. But at the same time, um, I gotta be in the same place where I'm like, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, I'm going to come out, I'm going to play my best. I'm going to do my game. Yep. I'm going to do these other things. Like I'm, you know, if I'm a, uh, Muay Thai fighter I'm not gonna all of a sudden like oh I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna wrestle because that guy he doesn't know how to wrestle it's like sure. okay well you don't know how to wrestle like you know it, it again I gotta play my game yeah um and and know what I'm good at and sometimes too like for example let's say it's a brawler match well you know the guys are gonna go out there and throw fists mm -hmm. like that that's what they're gonna do they're gonna stand toe-to-toe -to -toe and they're gonna they're gonna hammer and if there's two teams that hit bombs that's probably what they're gonna go out and do you don't need to come out and go oh well, they hit bombs, so we're going to try to play small ball. Like, you guys suck at small ball. Right. Like, you haven't done that your whole the whole time. Well, and like, like, you've talked about it, it and you have that player that won. Well, they hit a home run. Now they're going to bunt, and then they're going to just put the ball in play. Like, you yeah. got those guys, too. Yeah, 100%. And you got both sides of the, the team there, right? That it's like, again, on the team, right? Like, just because your teammates hammer homers, maybe you're the guy that moves everybody over. Like, I, mm -hmm. I, I said that all the time. Like, yo, I ended up being a guy that hit a lot of extra base hits for the team. But for me to get in the lineup, I was the guy – 
I had to figure out where, how I could get in the lineup. And I realized on the same side of that, it's like, Hey, I got to be the guy on this team to get in the lineup. I need to be able to hit a ground ball to second base. That was a big issue on my junior college team. Nobody on the team could control the barrel and hit a ball to second base. And we had situations where that's what we needed to do. We weren't a team that's going to hit a whole bunch of home runs. We had a cold climate. The fields were big. All the fields that we played on we were in Northern California, like real Northern California, not Central California, as I would call it, right? Like we're up there in the trees, right? Like we're in the middle of there in the, out there ne next to Mount Shasta, almost Oregon, right? Like we are up there. And so I think that that's the, the same thing. It's like, you know, our coach, we had a different way of how we needed to play to score runs. And so that's how I got in the lineup. And then once I got in the lineup, okay, well then, yeah, you know, I can be situational, but at, when I need to be, but also too, there's a time in a place that's a situation that I need to drive a ball into a gap. Mm -hmm. I need to hit a home run. Right. I need to do these other things or again, get a ball that I'm hitting balls hard. And so you, you know, being able to do those things, you know, is, um, again, opens up the game. And I used to uh, do this as well. Like, uh, you know, like as a baseball player, like I used to always have that as like developing these skills. Like I would do it all the time where I'd hit a home run or I hit a double. And then my next at bat, the third baseman would play back and I'd drop a drag. And I would be like, bro, you better defend. Like, you have to, you, you have to, like, I'm playing the game. Like, you have to, you have to defend my game. Mm -hmm. And I can do all that. Right. And again, if you take that into like slappers in the side of softball, yeah. it's like, I can do all of that. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm not a single threat. I'm not a double threat. I'm a triple threat. Right. And again, along with it, I can do all of these things. And also, too, and I've learned how to hit where I can hit for some power. I can do, yeah. you know, like, again, there's all of these different things that I can I can bring into my game. And you better be able to defend all of them. Right. And if you can't defend it. Right. That's my job is, again, basketball, same way. It's like, OK, great. Make him dribble to his left. Mm -hmm. OK, make. Oh, yeah. He doesn't like to stay on the outside and shoot. And then all those things. And then like that's where, again, like when you're defending. Uh, like LeBron used to say the same thing. It's like, it's like guys would ask, like, you know, how do you stop LeBron? It's like, okay, well, he'll step from the outside and he'll shoot. And then also too, he'll jam the hole and you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's so physical. And like, there, it makes him really hard to defend. And that's what you want to do is develop your skill set so much that it's really hard to defend you. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and it becomes that, and that's those things of like learning yourself and also learning the game and learning and developing your game. Um, where like, I'm like, Hey, I always tell him, it's like, again, I want to drop a bunt down. So now the next time you play up, well, now that has opened up my six hole. So now when I hit a ground ball to that pull side, it opened up the defense because they have to protect on all those things and they can't just shift on me basically and only do one thing or another. And um, yeah, you got to figure that those, those parts out and learn how to do those things. And again, maybe your game is hitting home runs. Mm -hmm. That's okay too, right? Like you better defend me because you know what? I'm going to strike out, but I'm also going to hit 40 home runs a year. Yep. Okay. Well, it's a different game. Right. Like he knows their game. Like there's no reason that Aaron Judge needs to be up there dropping drag bunts. <laughs> right. It's just not his job. Yeah. It's not his job on the team. Right. And also, if he did that, you'd be like, OK, I get it. Pull it out every once in a while. But if Aaron Judge started bunting two times a game, you'd be like, mm -hmm. all right, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Right. I'd rather you strike out because you also have the opportunity to hit a jack right now and you hit more jacks than almost anybody in the league. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's, it's those things of like keeping it in and knowing your game and knowing yeah. where you provide the most value uh, to the organization mm -hmm. or, or your team or X, mm -hmm. Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, that becomes huge. Mm -hmm. Well, and know? I think it all goes back to what we've talked a lot about you and I is getting to know yourself more getting to yeah, know yourself awareness. on a deeper level awareness yeah. being mindful super understanding yes understanding what your superpowers are understanding how you learn mm -hmm. i'll ask that to people i talk to on the phone all the time yeah. when we're talking about remote programming i say well yeah. how do you learn best how does yeah. your athlete learn best yeah you know do they need a video do they mm -hmm. need programming that's written written form yeah you know how do you learn best because yeah. the more you get to understand yourself as mm -hmm. an athlete 
Mm-hmm. The more you understand your cues, the more you can understand yeah. your feels, get in touch with yeah. your body, what your body's doing. You know, yeah. Jarrell and Cody were talking about the other day and I could, you know, somewhat relate. However, my body hurts all the time, but uh. they were talking about, you know, when their body hurts, they know after mm-hmm. a workout and why it happened and at what point, you know, why that muscle is sore and, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And I just started thinking again, like that heightened awareness that you build over time when you're training, when you're working out, when you're doing these specific tasks, yeah. you are training your body to understand itself more. And, you yeah. know, you talk about the the uh, the um, the uh, CNS system mm-hmm. a lot and, and how that gets worked into a lot of how you train. And, yeah. you know, I think that's, you know, it's it's incredible to watch. And if you're not thinking about those things, you need to start. Yeah. And I think the, you know, your other part that you have with that, too, is like, that understanding of like, okay, if, if, um, I, I think as a teacher, as, as a teacher, coach, all those things, you got to figure out how they learn. Mm-hmm. Right. But also too, as a student, you need to try to expand how you learn. Correct. So it goes both ways, right? Like teacher, Hey, what's their dominant way that they learn? Do they need to see it? Do they need to feel, you know, feel this, they need to visualize this, you know, what, what is that? Right. What does that look like for them? Is there, are they a reader, right? Do I need to write it down? Like, what is that, right? Do they need to see it on a board? Do they need to see a video over and over and over and over again? Do they need to actually go through it, right? What is that, right? Um, do, and, but as a learner, like, for example, when I was young, because my brain's like, right? Um, I needed things that were really engaging. Like, I hated reading. Reading didn't, I didn't learn a lot from reading. I didn't retain very well, right? But I developed that over time and then now that opens the door because imagine this if you can only learn in one way that limits how you can learn for sure right now everything that's written think of how much information is written in the world that you'll never know because you can't learn and read mm-hmm. right like reading is a big deal and being able to retain is a big deal now let's say too you could only read and visually it doesn't you know anything or i, I had one guy we were explaining somebody who was a, a assistant gm for a team and he's like well what does that look like on a graph Right. And his brain works in graphs and sure. mathematics and all those other things. Right. Right. right? God bless him. Right. Yeah. Tay? Tay's like, that's Not the opposite me. for me. Not um, but 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 again, like how that is different. Right. Because that's the other thing. He he couldn't comprehend what I was talking about because he needed to not. I could show him a video on a phone. He'd be like, mm-hmm. OK, but what does that look from kinematic? Like I need a graph. Right. And that's how he would learn. So now if you can expand the ways that you're able to learn, mm-hmm. which is not a right now fix, but it is a long-term process where again, at one point I didn't learn a lot from reading. Right. Right. So that day it would have been better to show me visually or make visually, let me feel it, all those things. Right. Um, but over time I develop all those skills because I think the number one way that everybody learns, right. Is them doing it themselves. Right. Second is usually again, first off, we, Visually is, is a, is a massive thing, right? But I can visually, uh, I, for me, and I think this is true for in general, this isn't true for everybody, but in general, largely, especially with how our brains with the low attention spans is us moving, doing all those things Mm -hmm. are typically more engaged Then visually, because it's the next most stimulating Mm -hmm. reading and those things typically are, are go further down on the list in general for general population. Now, some people are massive readers and that's how they learn the majority of everything. Sure. Right. But 
uh, in general, I'd say, you know, again, our attention spans are getting less and less over time. It doesn't matter if you're mm -hmm. 12 or if you're 50, 80, 90, right? All uh, the attention spans are getting lesser because all of us live in a world of things are quicker, faster, yeah. more engaging. So, so, uh, I think on that same note of that is like, as a learner, you need to become just like we talk about, like, um, you know, listener compared to on the same side of that. Well, like as a, as a teacher, right? As a teacher, I got to explain things in ways that I know that they're going to comprehend as a listener, I need to be a better listener and I also need to be, be a better teacher, mm -hmm. right? I need to know a bunch of different ways to explain it, right? But as a listener, I need to be able to listen in a bunch of different ways to understand what they are actually trying to communicate with me. And it works both ways. And typically, you know, um, we just focus on one or the other. And generally, we usually focus on um, like, like, for example, like listening, right? Like, Everybody will focus like, hey, I need to become a better listener and da 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 da, right? Well, yeah, but also too, from the opposite side, right? Especially if you're a coach, like you got to be better at presenting it in a lot of different ways, right? And you got to be better at helping them learn and all those things. So it's it's a two way street, right? That if you really want to get the most out, each side should be focused on, you know, what they can do in those situations. So I think that that's just you know, um, you know, big there and just like some nuggets and some things to, yeah. you know, for people to unpack and just some of the cool things that we've done and we've seen uh, just in-house just here recently. Um, yeah. You got anything before I pray us out? Oh, let's rock and roll. Happy opening day, everybody. Yeah. Happy Enjoy opening day. They, they probably won't, they probably won't oh, hear yeah. it till then, but yeah. it's okay. We're still wishing you a happy, happy opening day. Season. Yeah. Yeah. Good for y'all. <laughs> good for y'all. All right. All right. All right. Let's pray it out. Let's pray it out. Um, Dearly Father, thank you so much uh, for um, everything, God, that's the ways that you provide. Um, Thank you for the things that I can't even thank you for because I'm not even aware of. Um, thank you so much for um, the ways that, you know, the people that you put in our lives, uh, the ways that you move and all the ways that you're continuing to uh, grab our, whole, our hearts and break us uh, free from chains uh, so that you can um, take us other places. Just remind us that we're in valleys or remind us that if uh, we're going through a struggle season here, God, that uh, that you're with us and that, um, again, you have a purpose, you have a plan. There's a reason that you have us there um, and continue to give us the strength um, and awareness to have peace, um, to have um, energy, uh, tenacity uh, while we're in these uh, those valleys uh, so that we continue to push forward. Um, uh, with you, God, and uh, we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, well, until next time, Farm System out. <laughs>